one, a two, a one, two, a one, two, three. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of the Weekly Song Podcast. Yay! How are you doing, Declan? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing, other unannounced announcer who has not said his name yet? My name's Roger and I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> we're, back for, <laughs> we're back for a new season and for those of you who are unfamiliar with the show, this is the podcast about songwriting. It's a podcast about songwriting. It's, no, it's the podcast about songwriting. We are the definite article. Yeah, 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 definitely. I was, I was going to say we're the podcast podcast who we write a song every week and then we bring them to the show to talk about them which is quite often true but if you were a listener last year in uh 22 2022 i'm saying 22 because i'm cool yeah you would have heard us write 14 songs each in the uh month of february and we've done the same this february yes and it was insanely more challenging uh at least partly for me because i had to move cities halfway through and i didn't have a permanent address for the second half of that month so that was fun. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, so people know, I did say to you, did I not, at the beginning of the month, are you sure you still want to do this writing 14 songs in 28 day challenge? I was like, and yeah, I thought you'd go, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. And then the move happened. It's just like, it's not fine, but I'm, I'm doing it anyway. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, writing 14 songs in a month is challenging, to say the least, at the best of times, but... I can't even imagine how it was for you. Oh, when we get later into the season, you're going to... You, you, well, you already know, but, like, the, there were dedicated songwriting days where I did nothing but songwrite. Um, the results shall be shown later in the season, but for now, I, I, I think I've got two good ones to start off with, and I know that you've got two good ones to start off with. Well, you say that. I mean, we're going to listen to my ones first this week, and then we, we alternate whose song we listen to first each week, but... I started myself off with a couple of songs where I just, you know, relaxed a little. I'll explain more later, but I just kind of, no expectations. No, I've got to write some big hit. I've got to write something really impressive. It was just, I'm going to write. Because it had been a little while since I'd really sat down with the guitar and done some writing. Mm. So uh, what did you end up coming up with out of all of it? Well, the first song I came up with is a song called After All, and uh, it's a pretty basic little ditty, and it goes like this. Else to get lost to me. 
ending that is after all by uh by roger i quite like that like that's that's very you but also like the vibe that the vibe that i was getting from it was like an abba ballad like not one of like the big sweeping slow ballads but like something that's got a bit of sway to it you know what i mean i do thank you thanks very much yeah i think what you said about it being very me kind of comes down to a few things as far as I'm concerned. One of which is that I just allowed myself with this first song to just rest on my laurels, you know, use the chords I normally use, uh, even go down the same lyrical tropes I normally go down and just sort of allow myself to write whatever came out. So it came out at a certain tempo, that sort of lilting rhythm you get there. And uh, like I say, the same chords as usual. Well, they're lovely chords, and like, it's not lilting at the end there. Like that kicks up that key change. That's slightly unusual for you. We tend not to do them very much. I think I agree with you. And like, what you and I tend to do more often than not is if we do do a key change, it's one where you don't really know it's there. It's not like a big "here we go," which is what this one is for sure. Yeah, but it's like a nice change of pace. Like I was thinking as we were listening to it, like this would be a really great opener or closer. It's sort of that. Uh, following through of like an emotional through line and then it kicks into gear at the end it's like nope this is an opener this is an opener (laughs) (laughs) oh definitely i mean i think when you have like a song that's uh like this is just over three minutes so i'm talking about it's like it's really long but for us it is for us it is (laughs) oh yeah yeah for sure i mean in terms of like the structure and everything you've got like verse chorus bridge verse chorus verse chorus which is quite repetitive in a way so if you can kind of change up anything in the latter half of the song i think it it benefits the structure of the song because you're adding something a bit more unexpected the reason there's that key change there is is kind of interesting because i just kind of gave into temptation in a way because the song up until that point is in c major and um at the end of the chorus where it goes and i have to say and it goes back into a verse it goes 
G sharp, G, so you're going sharp and fifth, fifth, and then back into the one. Whereas at the end of the song, when I go and I have to say, I reverse them so it goes G major, G sharp major. And you're rising up you to up set to... you into into D. Into C sharp, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. into C sharp. Oh, it's only a semitone. Yeah, it's only a semitone. Yeah, it sounds like a truck driver whole tone key change, but it's only a semitone. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. That's a lot of mileage out of a semitone there. Uh, <laughs> can I can that that's that's the title. I know, I was just going to say. <laughs> Can I just ask about, on the demo, you've got the voices kind of disagreeing with each other when you double track them. Is this intentional, or did you have, like, different sets of lyrics or something? Oh, yeah, well, so the reason for that is, and I kind of... They get much more um, cohesive as my songs go on, you know, in the coming weeks. Uh, you know, as I was writing across February, but particularly at the beginning, I had this, I actually kind of made some notes for myself around the songwriting. And the first note is start writing quote unquote bad lyrics as placeholders and replace later. So what I would do is I would sit down with a guitar and once I kind of got like the general chord progression and melody, um, you know, melodies are always some somewhat tied to lyrics just because of the syllable, syllable placement inside of a certain bar of music or whatever mm. and so i had to kind of like after all dan are gonna hit me oh after all and something and something oh after all obviously i didn't want to bring the something and something type of lyrics to the podcast to show you but i did leave certain ambiguities in the lyrics just so that i could decide later and what i generally do for any song when i'm demoing it is i'll double track it just to kind of you know if i get a kind of kind of shaky performance on track one i'll double track it on track two so that i can kind of write what was wrong in the first overdub um and at the same time i kind of like i'm figuring out lyrics as i go so what you're hearing particularly in these first two songs i'm bringing to the show this week is just me kind of figuring out you know should it be um let me have a look here in verse three is a pretty good example it sounds to me like nobody knows where he stands to me. I fumble around in the dark to see, past the edge of the cloud that's surrounding me. That's what I kind of ended up with in the end, which you don't hear on the demo, but a lot of this was going into every song, and I actually made a proper... I've never done this before. Probably everyone does this, but I'm the most disorganized person in the world. I've got a whole folder of every song, and it's got the chords, and it's got the lyrics, and it's got blah, 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 everything, and even like notes about how I wrote the song. And so I could actually go back in on the computer because I didn't do this on pen and paper and actually like, okay, I don't really like that line or that word could change. And I did that over the whole course of February, leaving a couple of days at the end of February where I'd already written all 14, where I could go back and like just sit there and edit and just like think which lyrics could work best. So the demos, to answer a short question with a long answer, are kind of both at once, you know? <laughs> Fair play. Like you, you say you're the most disorganized person. That what you're saying now would have come in so handy for some of the later songs uh i'm gonna have my work cut out for me relearning those ones because i didn't write that the chords down um and i wrote down the lyrics for all of mine except for the first one so like i was just like ah i've got to transcribe it from this recording Ah!" that's always so stressful I mean, I must admit, just uh, the thought just occurred to me that I was going, oh, yeah, I left a couple of days at the end to edit. Um, that's something I totally took from you. I I remember you were recording, um, I think it was Apathy Will Get You Nowhere, um, your first um, full-length album. And I remember talk- talking to you at the time and I said, like, oh, how's it going? You know, you're near the end, right? 
Oh no, sorry, not not near the end. You were kind of I was like about in the to do the, the vocals, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and I was like, oh, so you know, what are you doing? And you said, oh yeah, I'm just gonna sit down and edit my lyrics before I record. I was like, you're doing what? I was like, I've never heard of anyone doing that before, but it's a great idea, and it just allows you to sort of like make sure everything makes sense and just kind of give yourself that second chance to improve them, basically. Yeah, I mean, I didn't um, end up changing very much in the end, which uh, is probably quite an egotistical thing to say. Uh, it's more just like uh, removing repeated references over the course of an album or just tightening things up. Or if there's one line that you think, can I sing it better? Can I do something else with it? Which uh, it's, uh, if I'd been sensible, I would have done the same here. Uh, but that is a really cool thing to be doing. But it's also kind of an interesting approach to songwriting. It's kind of what they say about like speech writing or writing fiction. It's like you don't go in with the gold. Like if you've got the gold, put it down. But then if mm. you just need like a functional paragraph to say, this is the point I want to make, I want to lead into this point and then allow the process to keep going. And you can always fill those bits back in and link them together because you know structurally then you've got a sentence to do that. It's just you need to make it a good sentence. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, what's that Freddie Mercury thing? Uh, just to paraphrase it, what he said, in, when he's writing a song, he'll get the bare bones, the skeleton of the song, and worry about the fancy bits later. Yeah, like uh, if you haven't got that skeleton there, if you haven't got something that you know fundamentally works, then what's the point of putting all the fun stuff in? Exactly, exactly. And I think that's kind of can be one of the most off-putting things for particularly new songwriters and new artists in general is... That thing where you go, oh, okay, I've got a great verse idea. You know, this is going to be great. And you get your phone out and you record a little demo and you you like it. But then you get to the bridge or the chorus or something and you go, I know there should be something here. I know that it should be a good idea here. But I, I'm not getting perfection on the page in my first sitting. And this whole thing um, of the Freddie Mercury approach of um, allow yourself to add the fancy bits later kind of circumvents that whole arrangement and allows you to just write something that is for lack of a better word subpar and then add the good bits later on there's no problem doing that well it kind of, it brings to mind a quote from frank turner which i'm going to butcher a little bit but he's talking about like uh the experience of playing a songs live and recording them for the studio and he says i find the studio incredibly stressful and everything because you're searching for the perfect version of the song that will last forever Whereas live, oh, wow. every night is a reinvention. And like you can, you feel more free to just have fun with it. And that sort of applies to songwriting as well. Like we're fixated on this idea of like, well, I had this one idea, this one time, and then the song was perfect. It's just like, no, songs <laughs> yeah. aren't set in stone. Like, Definitely. Look, look at every artist's early demos, and they suck compared to the masters. <laughs> They're interesting from a historical perspective, but like the masters, in almost all cases, are so much better. Yeah, no, exactly. That's one of the most encouraging things is to realize that you might actually benefit from your demos not being very good. There were, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, and certainly to you, Declan. But Brian Dario of the Lemon Twigs was interviewed once, and he said something to the effect of he doesn't try to like his demos too much in fact he tries to almost um have some problem with them something wrong with them so that he knows the song is good but then when you take it into the studio you actually have something to build upon because i think you can kind of um bro blow your uh, proverbial load on the demo if you try to get it too good you know for, right off the bat because i mean you might you know might get disappointed 
Yeah, I mean, this is the way I look at all my demos for the podcast. Like, they're all rough, they're all ropey, and, like, I've produced, like, more full band demos for things, but they're always demos with a purpose. So in these ones, it's just to show the song in its basic bare bones. If I'm sending demos to drummers and things, it's just to try and get the rough vibe, and I'll deliberately record it with, like, my dodgy equipment. And I'll deliberately, like, half-ass a vocal, but just enough so that you know where the emphasis is meant to be on each bit again it's the thing you don't fall in love with the demo you don't fall in love with the first try i mean the only demo i've done for this podcast which i think it'd be uh release quality would be do you remember mugby box my song about the signalman oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like I, i'm just never ever recording that song again because i just nailed it on that first try and i <laughs> did i didn't keep the file and i've saved it as an mp3 <laughs> it's just like oh. why why did i do this why did i not go for the juicy juicy wav file ah oh. <laughs> well if it makes you feel any better on uh magic wands uh the last album i put out you know that song um lies i've told yes well that's just the um that's just the mp3 demo from the po- i literally ripped it from the soundcloud podcast page and just put it through cassette tape and then that's it but, the secrets you know. the secrets of uh audio production yeah. <laughs> well that's the, if you like the take and you don't have any other version what choice do you you either release it in a subpar file format or you don't release it at all you know it, well exactly yeah like uh it's like ultimately the quality of the song has got to outweigh the quality of the medium that's a good way of putting it i like that yeah, I really like this one. We've gone very off topic already. Uh, hey, I, that's that's a good thing though. Yeah, it's it's uh it, it's our thing, but yeah, I really really like this one. Like this is definitely an album opener. I can see you doing something quite textural with this one. Thank you. Um, before we listen to your song, I just want to share. I I wrote a little thing. I made myself decide what each song was about. So I wrote a little sentence about what the song's about, which I'm going to share for each one. Just, and the reason is. Because I can be quite sort of like um, stream of consciousness with my lyric writing. And it's like, what does the song even mean? So this song, after all, my little description I wrote in February was, despite our best efforts, we seem doomed to repeat our worst habits. That's interesting. And uh, with that, I pass the baton <laughs> over to <laughs> And on that depressing thought, over we go. No, I see how no. that applies to the lyrics. Like now I'm listening back to a few of them. I just thought it would be helpful for me to nail down what I'm trying to say. You know, you you've done more in that regard than I've ever done. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your songs always have an actual meaning, though. I'm always jealous. Well, let's let's see if you can work out the meaning <laughs> of my first one. Um, it's 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 really difficult. It's really subtle. Like I, I don't think everyone's going to get it. Um, uh, it it's it, it's definitely not written about the big thing that I was dreading throughout the entire month, and it's called "I'll Be All Right." It goes like this. My happy head is racing And I can't let go Never thought I'm chasing Although they're so low
down to fix it till they break up. I'm lying on stitches, making my fate up. I'll be alright. I'm in my way. I'll be alright. Oh yeah. on my way I'm closer every day You will not hear me say I am afraid I'm headed on my way And I'm closer every day You will not hear me be all right that is uh declan's first song of the 14 he wrote in february uh what a great strong start you must have been chuffed i was but uh yeah that's kind of uh did i write that on the first let's have a look yes i did i wrote that on the first of the month and i knew i was moving at that point so i was just kind of like the lyrically it's just kind of like oh i'm stressed all stress all stress everything stress I have moments of complete zen where I realise, you know what? The worst thing that can happen is actually not that bad in this given circumstance. Uh, like, I was stressing about not being able to find a place and I realised, well, if you don't, then you have a job with better pay and you'll be, yeah, you'll be moving in with a mate of yours, but... Hey, look at it this way. You're moving in for mate of yours for a couple of weeks. You'll be in the city, so there'll be fun things to do. You won't have uh, the difficulty you're having right now trying to find a place. And it's just like loads of little things keep adding up. And it's just like, you know what? I'm actually not that bad at the moment. <laughs> like, I, I always try and keep in mind a broader perspective, even if something feels terrible in the moment. There is normally a way out of it, in my experience, bearing in mind, <laughs> like, uh, I've had a relatively comfortable and privileged life compared to some other people uh, who I know. So, yeah, it's just a little reminder that no matter how thing, bad things get, just as long as you see the next day, there's a way to turn it around. And you got a pretty killer song out of it, too. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I do quite like this one on not gonna i'm not gonna be shy about that uh it kind of grew out of a rhythm uh 
there's a guy at some of the Bristol open mics I used to go to, uh, which is sad saying that in past tense now, um, uh, called Jake. And he's a very talented guitar player. Just he's got this really he's got a couple of songs. He's normally quite bluesy, he's got a fantastic soul voice on him, but he's got this thing where he does like funky songs where he can sort of just keep the rhythm of it going and like mix in like these complex chords that are moving like the bass lines with the melodies and this is my pale imitation of that. Uh which is where that original riff comes on the What chords are you playing there in that riff? So it's mainly based around a C-sharp major 7 and a B-flat minor, but just with those little variations on them. That's really cool. It's definitely a guitar-based song, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's amazing what you're doing with just one guitar part. Like it, You know, like you said, kind of um, covering what's going on with the bass and the rhythm and the lead in one instrument. Yeah. Uh, I like the chorus chords on this one. It's E-flat minor, the C diminished, because diminished chords are the best chords! Um, uh, to C sharp, to D diminish with a like the equivalent of a sus four on it. So you're go you're Ooh. going between like the uh, F sharp and the F to the da da da, uh, which then leads you into the third of the E minor to go back round again. Like uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite proud of that little uh, that little chorus. Uh, Definitely. It's also kind of like. Uh, I realised last year that I quite liked writing simple songs with complicated bits in. So, like, the music's a little trickier than uh, some of the ones I did last year, but then the chorus is just, just like, I'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you established a really strong hook right out of the gate. I bet that was one of those moments when you were writing the song when you got that, I'll be all right, where you just went, yes, I've got something here. Yeah, like, I, it's, we, for the uh, for a little peek behind the curtain, we're recording this in April, uh, so my memory's a little hazy, but I think it wasn't very long after I came up with that melody line, and I realised that was just about the top of my range where I could put the power into it, that, like, I'll be all right. It's just like, Yep. Keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. <laughs> Definitely. How fast did this one come together? Uh, I got it done on a lunch break. Uh, so wow. within an hour. So like chords, lyrics, everything finalized? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I'm very good at like once I've got an idea, just getting it done and getting it finished within an hour. And I'm very good at like parceling out my time to be able to do that normally. Um. Yeah, so it's it's very rare that I, during the initial creation of a song, that I sit with it for any length of time. I might go back and edit it in the future at some point, but normally, yeah, just the minute I've got something, just just working it through till, uh, like something is like come into shape. I think it's really worthwhile doing that because even if you don't have the lyrics to 100%, at least you go, I know the structure. I know what the chords, I know what key it's in, I know what groove I want around it. And if you kind of leave, if you have that hour and you leave it half done, it can be so difficult to get back into that headspace again once you've been away from it for a while. Yeah, like sometimes you can come back and look at it from a different angle or like a contrasting vibe or, you know, you can get something out of it. But like in this case, it's like just no... We've we've got it. We've say no more, boys. It's done. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's awesome. And uh, there's 
some really strong writing in the bridge part where you kind of go to the root chord and then you kind of sharpen the fifth in that sort of John Lennon way. Do you know what I mean? The where you augment the chord. Well, that's that's my cliche section. Um, yeah, so like <laughs> the first sharpening the one, sharpening the fifth, the one up to it becomes like a seven, uh, and then like a four and a minor four via that run on it, which um, yeah, I I, I just kind of like it. <laughs> like this, like it's 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 worth leaning into things like that if you know it's going to work. And I wouldn't necessarily have made that the centerpiece of the song, but there's a little feature there that, like, everybody kind of, once you start playing that ascending line, everyone kind of knows what's coming. So it's just kind of nice to lean into that, like, build it up, build it up, build it up, yell back into the verse. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's that knowing listeners' expectations and leaning into them or subverting them, which is great. I'm curious, what style do you see this song being produced, developed in? Um, I, I I don't know, but I want to do something with it. Like, uh, I I want to put this on an album. I think this is going to be really cool. But it's trying to f- find that right kind of relaxed, but still crowd sing-along vibe. Like, uh, I've, I've had mates of mine say to me before, Fletcher said this to me, like, uh, your songs can sometimes be the weirdest mix of Lazy Sunday Afternoons and Stadium Sing-Alongs. <laughs> <laughs> Out there, it's just like... That's going in the advertising. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a poster banner slogan if ever I heard one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean with the production of this. It's like it is a rock song, but at the same time, I don't know. Yeah, because you got that anthemic chorus. Because you kind of want to keep it like not dense, but like textured throughout the verses. So you like it's got a little bit of funk groove to it, but you're sort of like wafting through it slightly up until the boom, to oh, bit where you get it a bit more sparse, but you don't want to go too much of a change between the two of them. They've still got to be part of the same song. So yeah, this is going to be one to have a little bit of a muck about with and sort of see if something comes out of it. Right. Enough yammering on about being all right. What about you? Are, are you <laughs> all right? Let's talk about not... I'm I'm fine. Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, right. You're about to hear probably my least favorite song of the bunch. I'm really selling myself. I'm not. I'm not putting myself down. Believe in yourself, boy. I'll stick up for you in the staff room. <laughs> the staff room. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I mean, this again was just me playing around, sort of warming myself up in a way. Before we jump into it, I will just say on that point of of sort of warming up. I've been drawing a lot more recently. And it's amazing the lessons you can learn from one art form that you can put into another one. Like I've been writing songs for, you know, 17, 18 years or something. But since I started drawing, I've allowed myself to be more playful and sketch more with it. So this is just me warming up my hand, sketching and having some fun. So, okay, it's all gone again and it goes like this. you tell fails the litmus without a witness fades away once do you get with the cat's got 
your tongue and the moment you want it is fading away so you run the anticipating the moment is fading we're carrying on you know I was gone from the first chance whatever you gave me Somebody's bed It's a weight off my mind That you're gone again Gone again That was Gone Again by Roger. I like that. That feels like a prelude to something. Is this going to be like uh, like uh, intro piece and then like song weekly song number three is going to be this big bombastic <laughs> someone's seen the Star Wars orchestra <laughs> <laughs> so have you so have you oh yeah 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 <laughs> that yeah, was a true. lot of fun by the way <laughs> oh man oh. Bournemouth Symphony Orchestra yeah. that was so good that was a great night I enjoyed that oh seeing Jewel of the Fates played live before you by an orchestra is something that I cannot recommend enough to all human beings. <laughs> it was so good, so good. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, it does. It does kind of feel preludey, and I know what you mean about it exploding into something afterwards. I think that's yeah. I know what you mean by that. But I, I said to you, and I'm going to quote myself as we were listening to that. Like in another universe, you you, you did have like cabaret shows with just like a single piano, like a rose, <laughs> uh, like presented to you on stage, a glass of wine. You just did your cabaret songs to your amassed audience. Like this, it's got a bit of that vibe. Like I, again, I was saying, like you could you could see like some Marilyn Monroe esque singer come out performing this song, just in between like other bits that Marilyn Monroe-esque singers do on stage, apparently. Um, yeah, it is a bit, happy birthday, Mr. President. But that's a vibe. That's a good thing. Like you were saying, be being playful <laughs> with your songwriting. Yeah, this is, yeah. like, I can hear your tells in the songwriting. I can definitely tell it's done by you. Um, but, like, it does feel like a slightly different vibe to everything else, like, particularly with those, like, chords going round the changes at the end. Like was this just sat down at a piano and just having a bit of fun then for for you for starting this one off yeah absolutely i think um like you said with um uh i'll be all right i think this was done in about an hour as well i just um you know sat down almost with the idea of what type of song i would like to write in my head you know sort of slow ballad kind of a little bit somber um introspective or what, what have you and just kind of found the chords that sit with me nicely so the song's in c major so nice and easy all white notes if you're playing diatonically and then uh just stuff like um a lot of sharpening the first note of a chord so say you're playing a c major chord c e g if you sharpen the c all of a sudden you have a c sharp diminished chord so mm. wait am i right saying that yeah yes you are hard. wait no yeah yeah you are and right. so you are st- correct stuff <laughs> stuff like that kind of um has its own sort of baked in vibe you know it's quite easy to write when you're using chords with that much flavor to them you know yeah when they're a bit more signature to one genre than just like using one four five and six nothing wrong with using one four five and six but like when you start going into like the slightly more 
outer edges of chords. Some of them come with flavors that you just think, right, this is no longer a pop song. This is like uh, a jazz song or this is like this out of the other. I think quite often I have kind of lent on the power or the or the sound of the chords to dictate where to go with it. And I think that's a really good way of writing. But funnily enough, you know, the strangest thing is after these couple of songs, I, I made a conscious decision to try to write like really simple, really simple, like basic chord progressions and just try to focus on instead of writing stuff that sounds fancy, just stuff that works. And actually the strange thing is that those songs, I think, came up more interesting than these ones where I tried to write with some unusual chords, which kind of sounds a bit paradoxical, but, you know. Yeah, I've never I've never quite got that, <laughs> like how that sort of whole thing works, but it it, it is a truism, isn't it? Certainly, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, this is one where I kind of had to pin myself down lyrically and think about what am I trying to say? Because the music came super easy. Once I got the music, um, I mean, it's just kind of verse, verse, chorus. That's it, because it's a minute 20, this song. Um, but when I started to write the lyrics... Um, all right, let's have a little look through the lyrics here. Let's we have got, a little um, bit of a read for our listeners. What do you call it when a joke that you tell fails the litmus and without a witness fades away? So, you know, we've all been there. You, you tell a little joke. We've all had our and, litmus paper out. <laughs> and no one laughs and you and you know you just kind of go well okay um so i thought okay this song is going to be about something like that my first note was being tongue-tied and then of course you got what do you get when the cat's got your tongue and the moment you've wanted is fading away so you run uh kind of again almost withdrawing into yourself when that happens and then with the chorus it changes slightly so it's kind of the exhaustion you get from feeling judged i guess and then relishing the time that you have alone afterwards to stew in your own juices, you know. So in the chorus, I say... Roger, this is uh, a PG podcast. We can't be talking about stewing in your own juices on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Not those juices. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I disrupted so, your train of thought. No, 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 no. Uh, so, like, yeah, the chorus, you, you're going... Um, you know, I'll be gone from the first chance, whatever you gave me. I followed my head and I wound up in somebody's bed. It's a weight off my mind that they're gone again, uh, which is obviously where the title of the song comes from. But I don't know, like, if you've ever stayed around someone's house, particularly for the first time, um, and then they got to go to work or something, and you have that, that morning to sort of reflect or ruminate or reflect. Yeah, I just said reflect. I'm going to say reflect twice. Reflect, reflect. Reflect, on, reflect. On the night before. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty simple one, but again, it was just warming my hands up and warming up my my brain really, because you were lucky to get "I'll Be Alright" right out of the gate. Um, but for me, it took a few songs to get there. I mean, normally this is like I had an unusually strong start this time. Normally, it does like take a bit of time to get back into it. Like we do say on this podcast that songwriting is a skill, um, and it's something that can be learnt, and it's something you get better at by doing it. It's not some innate uh, innate talent that uh, some people just have. Mm. Yeah, like I, I disagree that you that it's a weaker one of yours. I do really like it. It's got a bit of a signature vibe to it. Like, and I like the idea that it's like this quiet little reflection on like that sort of 
not outsider syndrome, but you know that that feeling that you were describing of like uh, wondering, do these people like me and everything? Like that comes yeah, across. Definitely. You communicated that really well. Like, uh, and yeah, I, I I think it's quite strong. I think this one has a place in a project somewhere. Thank you. Yeah, just to touch on the sort of outsider thing and and touching on that. In an attempt to not be negative about the song, I gotta say I'm pleased with the fact that I wrote a song that is kind of as vulnerable as this, but also as honest and directly to the point. I think even a few years ago I probably wouldn't have written something that was quite so on the nose in terms of how I feel. I might have disguised it a bit more. Mm. It's kind of that weird thing, because sometimes you do want to put a mask in front of it or like uh, sort of disguise a little bit the intent of what you're trying to do um or sometimes you have to dependent on if you're talking about other people uh but yeah i tend to find i think we've both tended to find that our best songwriting experiences come when we're pursuing an idea honestly whether that's an emotional truth or an experience we've had or even just like a fun idea that we're trying to enjoy honestly to its fullest extent Mm, absolutely it's got to come from a real place i think that's the thing also you and I probably have both been guilty of this in the past, but when you get into a state of mind where you're thinking too intellectually or technically about your songs, they can lack a little bit of heart sometimes. So I think, you know, I've borrowed this from your playbook, really, of if you, even if you have a negative experience, you try to put some kind of positive spin, some kind of silver lining or lesson to be learned from it, you know, or, or at least some kind of cathartic thing that other people can relate to. Yeah, I, I, I've sensed this in, in, in your music. Like, uh, it's, it's just I've a good... I've sensed it in the Force. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. That, that Star Wars night has really, uh, really stuck with you. Yeah, no, it's just a good creative space to be coming from. That feeling of just having fun with at least one aspect of it and trying to create in a positive way rather than just creating out of a negative reaction and that being your sole driving force yeah no definitely definitely yeah i mean uh healthy expression of emotions people through songs so that i don't have to deal with them in real life (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know i i think definitely there's an element of therapy which i know it sounds like such a cliche doesn't it but i remember when i was younger particularly like there were things that i didn't even really know what was wrong or how to articulate it or anything but at the time when i was a teenager a little teenager i was uh writing songs and it you know it's just a good way to sort of um get your thoughts and feelings on paper and see them objectively in front of you it changes your perspective a bit yeah, when you're forced to write a certain amount of words about a topic, you end up like trying to approach it from a couple of angles, and sometimes you hit upon something where it's just like, "Oh, mm. I've never quite realised that about like that feeling that I've had, or like uh, this encounter that happened, or like uh, like I I know in the past I've written songs about negative experiences I've had in the past." And when I end up writing the lyrics, they end up having this like forgiving tone to them or like this, I understand where you're coming from vibe. And it's just like, for God's sake, I was trying to be angry. I know. <laughs> why, 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 is, why has my brain decided to like, <laughs> yeah, where did this come from? But it's always the healthier thing to do once you're sort of sat there writing it out and you're thinking about it and you're thinking, does this actually resonate with Absolutely, me? yeah. And I think sometimes you express more of your subconscious 
or your real feelings and thoughts that haven't been fully processed yet by your conscious brain in a song and it surprises you. I can relate to that, what you just said with having that forgiving tone with on our record, uh, the Schnookums record, um, out soon, by the way. Um, Coming soon. It uh, sounds amazing. Roger's done his work. It sounds dope. Yeah. Well, we got this song called No Surprise, which is one that I penned. And it's like, like you were saying, a song that's like about, right, okay, no surprise. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to express my feelings about this person in my past and really let them know what for. And it kind of came out as like, I kind of miss you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) or like, why, where did we go wrong? So it's funny how that can happen. Yeah, no, there are, there are weird ones like that. Like, uh, uh, this is, this is the danger of writing songs. You might be forced to confront your own thoughts and feelings. Get used no. to it. <laughs> uh, speaking of confronting your own thoughts and feelings, what's your next song all about? Uh, my next song is called Fall Apart. Um, to give you an idea of the time scale between songs number one and song number two, um, song number one was written on the 1st of February. I then moved and song number two was written on the 19th of February. (laughs) (laughs) So by that point, that point, I already had to average over a song a day uh, to to get the challenge done. So this is the first of three songs that were written on that day. Songs two and three of that bunch will be part of the next episode. So this is called Fall Apart. It goes like this. Calling this a breakup You're saying I'm unfair But no enough woman is keeping you warm When I'm not there I love that you're so open You couldn't tell a lie But darling, it never occurred to you That there's a third high Now we've got only one way out Now we've got only one way out I don't want to fall apart I don't want to break up You have done this to yourself Myself for what I have to do. 
by Declan. Fantastic. Uh, again, another really strong chorus. Uh, yeah, really kind of classic strong songwriting from you there. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, this one was super, super quick. Um, I moved into my mate, Josh, uh, my, him and his wife's house, Sam. Uh, hello, Josh and Sam. Thank you for letting me stay <laughs> at your place for a couple of weeks whilst I had nowhere to go. Um uh, and yeah, I was trying not to annoy them too much, so I uh, didn't uh, play a lot of music while I was, I was there. But then one night, I was I put some tea on, went upstairs, and I thought, you know what, I'll give this a go. And I ended up with that intro riff, the dun 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 dun. dun. And I was just thinking, like, this sounds very similar to like loads of classic rock riffs. But I can't pick. I can't pick one right now. So therefore, I'm writing a song around it. Um, <laughs> oh, that old chestnut. I've been there many times. Yeah. So like the vocal lines, particularly on those sections, are very like classic blues. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I like how I like how in the pre-chorus it kind of like um, breaks down to like a palm mute thing, and then the chord rises slowly. Um, that bit is almost like a Tom Petty type of songwriting thing, but then it snaps straight back into the chorus, and the chorus is a different beast entirely. I've, I've not considered that as a Tom Petty-esque thing before, but but thank you. I shall take that as a compliment. I do quite like it. Uh, I think that's probably like the, the the vibe I'd like to do this song in the future is like Tom Petty meets Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> like that was that was a bit of a. Um, thing for the chorus i wanted like a nice strong simple chorus and like the speed of it was kind of something similar to like some of the poppier aspects of her records this doesn't sound like a carly rage Jepsen song but like it was it was coming from that same sort of space and like i was trying to get the first half of the bridge like that the like having that little run in there that everything does like really working the pop side of the songwriting on this one. And was this one that came together pretty quickly too? It sounds like it was if you were trying to keep it brief, the writing session. Uh, yeah, like all, all of the songs from that day were, were, were quite quick in their construction. From the first demo to the finished track, there's about an hour. So I must have got it like fully finished by then. Huh. And then the next two are each like an hour apart each as well. So... <laughs> Can I just ask you, like, a, a general question around your songwriting? Yeah. Like, y you said you were quite good at just getting the song together in an hour, just making sure you kind of, like, get it down in an hour. You must have some sort of stumbling blocks or some kind of times where you hit a brick wall. Like, what are the moments in the songwriting process where you go, bloody hell, I'm a bit stuck here? Um, if I've got a verse or chorus line which I can't expand... Uh, into a full song like you'll come up with a section and you just think right i haven't got another section to go with this then because mm. that's one of the, the weird things about my songwriting I, I don't think i've ever used the same sequence for the verses and the choruses same chord sequence yeah which if i if i have it's escaping me at the moment but i i like trying not to do that where possible to the to the point where i don't think i've ever done it before so i've probably thrown out quite a few good songs that way lyrics are a big one uh, if I can't get a good set of lyrics together, or at least a decent set of lyrics together, songs get scrapped. Uh, if I can't get a good vocal line together, songs get scrapped. There are so many half-finished demos cluttering up my phone. But 
most of the time I tend to come out with something usable. And it's a little easier for the podcast. And I mean this in the best possible way. The goal is not to have the best song in the world for the podcast. The goal is to get something done and to show that it can be done. Yes, yes, exactly. I think that's a really, really cool way of putting it. So, like, uh, and, and also the other thing is, sorry, to just to say is if you don't focus on getting the best thing in the world and just get something done, often that thing that you've just got done ends up being pretty damn good. Yeah, it, it's weird. When you don't try, you you end up doing your best in a weird sort of way. That's not the, the actual... Ta- <laughs> yeah, it's not the actual takeaway that anyone should be having from it because you should always try. But, like, don't try for perfection. What was that line? I think you've said that before, but don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Oh, I like that. I probably did say it, but I have no memory. But um, I like that. <laughs> I, th- I think it's kind of that... Um that sort of Taoist Zen thing of effortless effort. Like, again, to bring it back to drawing, like I used to kind of get an idea for a drawing in my mind and I'd sit down with my sketchbook and I'd get my best pens out, my best ruler, and I'd try to do it in one sitting and my hand would be so tense and rigid and I'd be trying to get it perfect. And of course it didn't work. The idea was good, but the execution wasn't. But if you allow yourself to just be like scribble on the page like a toddler would do, you'd be surprised, excuse me, you'd be surprised how good these things can come out. It's kind of like that attitude to songwriting as well. Like, once you're proficient enough to sort of know your way around one or two chords, like, often if you're just, like, mucking about with an idea, like, that will that will lead to something. And even in this one where, like, uh, there are a few bits of it I quite like, but a lot of the ideas feel very cliche to me, but I mean that in a good way. Like, this is very much like a live pub rock band who who desperately want a pop single kind of kind of vibe <laughs> yeah but, and it leads into a few of those elements like um it goes like very pop it's got like the guitar solo there to sort of break up the fact that you couldn't quite link the uh story from the bridge to the last <laughs> chorus <laughs> giving away um, your secrets too freely uh, oh there's no there's no point in secrets um but yeah, like uh, I suppose vocally, like or like lyrically, the inspiration for this one was like, I I've been into a couple of people before who have then, uh, like they've turned around to me and said like, oh I'm like with a woman right now or I'm straight or something. It's just like, okay, but you're still flirting with me though. Like, do you you realize this is kind of a bit of a weird one, um, and then like extrapolating that sort of ambiguity to like, okay. What if there was a breakup song that was based around that? <laughs> yeah, that's an original idea. I like that. So it's like it's tiny little thing blown up to stupid. Li- I love I love the lines in verses too. I think it's very funny. Um, it's like like I like that you're honest, but like, dude, you probably should have kept this a secret, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how even just with these first two songs, you've you've wove humor into the lyrics it's great well i can't i can't help it like uh i think on the last song i'm all right that i'll be all right that stop I, it almost sounds to me it sounds like i couldn't think of another line to finish the thing and then just stopped one time for actually no that works keep it in <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and and it works because it's surprising it's funny it's you know unique and I think, you know, again, we, like we were saying before, having your songwriting come from a genuine place or a vulnerable place or whatever is important. And I think sometimes that doesn't have to be some dark, deep secret you're sharing. It could just be the fact that 
you're allowing your humor to surface in your music and you do that very well thank you um it's because i think i'm the funniest person in the world and i want to inflict it upon everybody else um inflict being the operative word there <laughs> inflict this one was very quick I, I don't think i've got much more to say about it well it's it's great um a couple of great ones to start off with the 14 there and uh what when did you say you wrote um fall apart again the 19th the 19th yeah at that point i had let's do some maths nine days to write 12 songs See how I did throughout the rest of the season. Well, sneak peek behind the curtain, listeners. I've heard I haven't heard like the full demos you're hearing now, but I've heard like the initial demos that Declan did during February and it's a great bunch of songs. I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing them as well. I can't remember half of them. <laughs> it is kind of nice recording in April, isn't it? Because we get to revisit them with somewhat fresh ears. I mean, th- to be honest with you, I was prepared to come to this podcast going with the first two songs. Oh, they suck, you know, my first two and everything. And I listened to them, I was like, these aren't bad, actually. They're pretty fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I came, I had to learn these ones within the week to record them for this. I was just like, you know what? They're not bad, actually, are they? Yeah, yeah. I try and play them live one day. I think that's the nice thing, too, about... The demoing process, which I guess we don't talk about that often, but like you, I think like you anyway, I came up with my songs and I you know, wrote the lyrics down and wrote the chords down and then I kind of recorded like a super, super rough version, a demo version on my phone. And then I had that and it's just very, not very sonically pleasing and not everything was quite worked out yet. But then when I came at the end of the month to record my proper demos, there was this thing where I was like, kind of like you just said, oh, these are pretty good, and I recorded in a place where I could make a bit more noise, so I was able to like really give them some welly that I wasn't able to at one in the morning when I was sat there with an electric guitar on my bed. Yeah, that's the awkward thing, isn't it? Like, uh, right, I've got to be quiet because everyone's asleep. Why have I had my best idea in the world now? Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, the only silver lining to that is, like I say, when you finally get to really, you know, strum louder and sing louder, and you go, wow, this has some balls. Like, for something that was written in the dead of night, this really has some, you know, some energy. Yeah. Well, Pick Up the Phone was a little bit like that, wasn't it? Like, uh, writing that very quietly and whispering it into your little microphone so that we had a record of it for the morning. And then, like, listening to the actual produced version of it, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of a skill you cultivate sometimes. I think it, it's, I've certainly done this where, you know, you sit down and you write a song quietly and and it turns out to be a, quite a delicate folk song, you know. But to to know that you want to write a rocker, but do it quietly in the knowledge that you'll then make it louder later, like pick up the phone. There's something nice about that. It's a skill which I think you have to develop if you live in close proximity with others. Since I moved, I have listened to 135 records wow what, what have you been listening to like what stood out uh went back a bit through anderson pack's back catalog that was good enjoyed that uh fletcher james all we're meant to do live sessions just him at a piano singing his songs how i heard them most of the time at open mics it's good check it out uh also uh manx a rapper check out a new one from them and uh Eva valentine sorry I, I know her by a different name, so I had to think of her stage name there for a second, but she's released her first <laughs> single, The Masking Process. Go and check it out. It's really, really good. I'll go through the past couple of ones that I really liked. Uh, Eve's Tumor, Praise the Lord Who Chews, but, but Which Does Not Consume, or Simply Hot Between Worlds. Listen to that once. That was very good. I want to go back and listen to it again. 
Spencer Sutherland was the one that I sent you in his mania. That was very good. Very oh yeah. Very slightly campy, but also kind of fun. Joe and I'm a trading chatting stage. Always like some Joe and I'm a trading. And one I listened to today, which I've already chatted your ear off a little bit, but it's not strictly speaking an album, but it's like a playlist collection of songs that were released, I think last year by Oscar Anton. But what I really like about finding it on Tide was that like um, the first disc as it were, were all the songs that he recorded. And then the second disc was that he included a little message in all of them. Uh, so the second disc is just those messages all in a row. Does it have the music as a backing? It has some music as a backing, but not the original music as a backing. That's such a cool concept. I do I do love that. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. I, I like that quite a lot. Yes, so that's, that's all the music that I've listened to that I want to talk about. If I uh, think of... If I look back through this list and I find any more that I quite like, I shall interrupt you because I do not value your contributions to this podcast because I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> oh, come out. So here you are drowning as well. I quite like that as well. Please continue. Nice. You've listened to loads. I'm surprised you had the time. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I've been on a bit of a Led Zeppelin kick recently and I've been listening to Houses of the Holy. I really never ever got into Led Zeppelin beyond Led Zeppelin 2, but... I'm starting to realise there's quite a lot to get into. Hazard of the Holy is a weird one. It's sort of... I do quite like it, but it is like... It's like a stepping stone to physical graffiti, but, like, physical graffiti is a weird record, man. Like, I love... There's a great single-track album in there somewhere, but, like, it's not a double album. It shouldn't be a double album. That's my controversial opinion. I've got to say I agree with you there from what I've heard, but um, I, I was reading some interviews with... um. Led Zeppelin at the time and um, a lot of people a lot of their fans weren't happy with the fact that Led Zeppelin 3 was so folk oriented after the sort of the rock and roll blues affair that was Led Zeppelin 2 but man Led Zeppelin 3 is really good I don't know what people were on about Bronny or Stomp that's all I'm going to say Bronny or Stomp that kicks ass yes. have you ever seen a live version of that no no I haven't oh like I shall be sending you that later I'll watch that for sure, yeah. It sounds yeah. good. But also, it's kind of weird to think about it as the acoustic record, which I, I get why people think of it like that. But, like, that's got Immigrant Song on it. I was just thinking that's that. That's got since, <laughs> since I've Been Loving You. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. They're, like, two of the most electric songs in various ways. But, yeah. No, that I do like Zeppelin Free. I may have told you this before, but uh, when I was growing up in our house, we had... We had the Led Zeppelin we had albums, Ze- but we also... We had Zeppelin 2, and that was it. <laughs> and uh, what was that um, Flanders thing where he goes, uh, we've got Jive into the Oldies, Volumes 1, 2, and 4, or something <laughs> like that, do you remember? <laughs> like, what was on Volume 3 of Jive into the Oldies that was so offensive? Um, <laughs> but, but anyway, we, we had this, um, we had the albums on the shelf, CDs at the time, uh, but we also had, like, a compilation... And it was stuff from, I want to say, Coda, In Through the Outdoor, and um, uh, one other album or something. Presence? And, yeah, Presence. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I I didn't really know these songs' context. So I'd been listening to Led Zeppelin 2 and, you know, the Lemon song and getting into all this. And I listened to this compilation one day and it had stuff like um, Hey, Hey, What Can I Say? and Hot Dog. And I was like... This is Led Zeppelin? Like, and it was just such a bizarre moment where I went, 
they're kind of doing the genre roulette thing. But I was like, I don't know what albums these are from. So only recently have I discovered where they're actually from. Oh, was it Achilles? Please tell me Achilles' Last Stand was on there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness! That's such a great song. Such a good song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's. Kind of, I mean, I've been listening to other stuff, but that's kind of been me recently, the Led Zeppelin thing. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been listening to. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with the podcast, if you've got songs that you've written within like a week or a month or a day or five seconds, why not send them in to us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you've got any like thoughts or facts or opinions or feelings about the show, uh, all of those this way, please. We like reading it out on air. Please. Um, uh, Roger. Yeah. Where can you be found in the digital spaces? Well, uh, you can find me at Roger Heathers on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also uh, follow me on Facebook by searching Roger Heathers. Uh, I'm also in a few groups uh, or recording projects or what have you. List them in alphabetical order. P Green Boat. We have a new album coming out this year. And also... Schnookums, which is Schnookums. you, Declan, and I, you and I, our um, our duo, a collaborative project, and our album is very, very nearly done. I've got to tell you, my partner that I was working with in that <laughs> was such a dickhead. And uh, yeah, so that album's very, very near completion, and you can follow along with that on Instagram by searching Schnookums dot band, which is S C H N double O K U M S dot B A N D. Give us a follow, and God, you'll be in for some good stuff soon. And also, good luck spelling that name. We we really did pick the worst name to be spelled um, and communicated via the medium of sound only. How about you then, Declan? How, where can people find you and your music? Uh, if you search Declan Kitchen and Music on Facebook and YouTube, you'll find some various things there. Uh, if you search Declan Kitchener on all the streaming spots, uh, services, uh, including Tidal, I realised I didn't have a lot of my music up on Tidal, which is weird because I use that as a streaming service now. Um, so that's on there. Uh, also Bandcamp and uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Camborner uh, we also have a Instagram for the weekly song podcast uh, uh, that is run by Roger so that is updated semi-frequently um, and then there is a YouTube channel but I'm in charge of that so nothing new has been put on there since the 2010s so um, <laughs> that that shows you our various attitudes to this production <laughs> well, you say that it's not like I'm exactly like super active on the instagram but um you're more active than i've been dear (laughs) we should figure out some easy free way to film little clips of us doing this and put those on the instagram then people would go and see us and they'd see what we look like because otherwise we all have to imagine what we look like and they think my god is he wearing that oh my god he thinks that's passes for fashion (laughs) i thought they were doing these episodes in three-piece suits (laughs) <laughs> this is the he's BBC, ju- isn't it? He's just doing that in tights and a vest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, but yeah, do give us a follow and uh, do email in. And yeah, glad to be back for another season. It's really cool to be back talking songwriting and dissecting, di- di- dissecting, dissecting what we wrote during uh, February. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing like the rest of your songs and also hearing the rest of my songs. I'm going to keep making that joke because I think it's quite funny. Um, yeah, we will see you again next week with two new songs each uh, from the month of February. Until then, ta-ra! 
Ta-ra! <laughs> <laughs> that was really good fun. I enjoyed that. That was a laugh.